welcome to another episode of Connections Tech Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway, Product Manager for Workplace Transformation. And today we are talking about a topic that none of us can really seem to get away from in our everyday lives, and that is sustainability slash climate change slash saving the planet. Um, we've been seeing across the board um, initiatives on a personal level as well as a corporate level. And today we are going to dive into what is the responsibility of big tech companies or small tech companies and the personal responsibility we all have to quote unquote save the planet. So I have a group here with me today from our Connection HP team. Jane, Katie, and Michelle. Jane, why don't we start um, with you? Uh, introduce yourself and what your role is here at Connection and why you're here today. Sure. Thanks, Penny. I'm Jane Garrity. I am a product line manager for client print and peripherals here at Connection. Uh, so thank you for having me. I'm here uh, to talk about how I practice sustainability in my life and how we can, can do that on a corporate level. Excellent. Katie? Hi, I'm Katie McKenzie. I am a product manager for personal systems at Connection. And I'm here today to talk about um, how we can become more sustainable within our community as well as in the corporate world that we work in today and how we can relate it to our everyday lives. And Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle Petrovic. I'm the product manager for print and supplies. I'm really excited to talk about uh, what I do for sustainability and how I bring that into the office and how large corporations can do that too. Awesome. I think that's so the first place I want to start with you guys really is um, we, you know, we work for a corporation, we represent big corporations. Um, and we're going to get to that. But I want to sort of there's a big trend now. And I will say that it is trendy to be sustainable, to uh, watch out for the environment, to do our part. Um, so what are some of the things that you guys are doing in your own lives to kind of drive that sustainability message? Do you care about it? And if so, how much? Um, let's. Who wants to take it first? Uh, so some of the things that I do is I did get on the anti-straw bandwagon. Ooh, it's I a know. hot topic for me, Michelle. I know. I know it's a hot button topic, but uh, I found a company that makes a uh, collapsible straw that comes with a little cleaner and a little carrying case. Uh, and I carry that with me. And if someone asks if I want a straw, I say no. Um, I, I really try to, that's the big one, I try to not use straws. Um, I would say for me, one of my um, biggest ways I practice sustainability in my own life is uh, within uh, the environment itself. So I'm a big hiker. I'm always in the mountains and in the woods and in the forest. And so leave no trace is really the best way we can um, hold our environments uh, and keep it sustained, right? So any trash you have in, you carry in, you carry out. Um, you leave things where you found them, like stacking rocks is frowned upon uh, within, really? the, within the nature community. Yes. I've always, so can I interrupt you for one second? Because yeah. I've always wondered about the stacking rocks, like all the way down to me driving here to work, I pass stacked rocks on the highway. What is it? What does it mean? Well, really stacked rocks, what it really means um, at the top of mountains, right? They're called cairns and they are stacked there as waypoints on the trail so that you can stay on the trail because there's no trees and there's no markers if you're above tree line. So when you're below tree line and people stack rocks, they think, you know, it could be off trail. It could be on trail. It might, who knows, right? So mm -hmm. it's really confusing to people that understand that stacked rocks is actually a map. Uh, you know, it, it's a point on the map. 
Um, so it's pretty important to not really stack those just across a riverbed or I guess like so. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, you know, something, you know, I've seen painted rocks out in the wilderness on mountains and that really irritates me too. It's like, come on, you know, just let it, let it stay, stay the way nature should. Right. Everyone wants to leave their personal mark on everything. It seems. Yeah. And, you know, when we're out there or when you're out there and you're out there with your family, it's the last thing you want to see. You're out there to enjoy nature and everything that, that it has to give. Right. Um, you know, the smell, the beauty, you know, the wonders of it. And so when you see, you know, stacked rocks or painted rocks and, you know, things that shouldn't be there, you know, a cigarette butt or, you know, a, a piece of a, a water, empty water bottle, you know, bring, you know, take those things with you. Don't leave them there in the environment. Right. And Katie, how about you? So me, along with the rest of the world, I'm sure, um, trying to eliminate plastic water bottles in my life. Um, I always have a, and while we're sitting here, somebody's drinking out of a plastic I'm water drinking bottle. out of a plastic <laughs> water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ever since I was probably 10 years old, I've been using a water bottle that I just stick in the fridge to keep cold. And whether it's faucet water, which we, we know that's probably not the best use of drinking water, but... Um, just water in general. I don't like plastic water bottles. Um, it really irritates me when people are there's, it's just a simple thing to change and it's a simple way to save money, but it's also really good for the environment. I'm with you there, Katie. I have a, you know, one of those filter pitchers at, at my house as well. I, I, I hate water bottles as well. plastic. <laughs> me and our producer, bottles. Rob, are feeling very judged right now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking at their water bottles as we're saying this. <laughs> I hope so okay. learned something today. <laughs> I, I'm already learning. <laughs> um, so this is actually, you know, the fact that I just said that, that we're feeling very judged. I think that's one of those things around sustainability right now is if you are not hopping on the bandwagon of doing the easy things like not using straws or using paper straws or not using a plastic water bottle. Do you think like people are almost being peer pressured into being more conscientious or do you still think there's a massive amount of people like me that are still doing it regardless? Yeah, I definitely don't think people are feeling peer pressured. At least I haven't seen that. I think that it's still very, um, you know, society still uses all of these. They're, it's a matter of convenience, right? You can go to any convenience store and get something in a bottle. You can get, it's a plastic soda. It's a plastic bottle with a water or whatever have you. Um, so it's a matter of convenience. And I, and as much as I hate using them, every now and then I'm thirsty and I might not, my, my water jug in my car is empty. So I go to a gas station and I buy a water bottle, right? Um, and then I recycle it, obviously. But, uh, you know, I still think that um, in today's world, it's a matter of convenience. And I don't think people are, are really judged on it. I actually think the flip side, um, I actually get judged a lot for using my straw. Oh, so I probably am one of those people that judges you as well. No. You, if you did, it wasn't openly. I had no idea. <laughs> um, but I'll go out with friends and I'll take out my straw. And if they're not on the anti-straw bandwagon, I've had them be like, really, you brought your own straw? Um, but then I also have like yesterday I was traveling with my brother and we went somewhere that has compostable straws there. So they're not paper. They still feel like plastic straws, but they're compostable. So they will biodegrade at some point. Um, and he actually judged me for taking a straw because my, um, handy straw was not clean. Um, so it's, I, I have some people that are there to kind of back me up and others that are like, is really one straw going to make a difference? 
Well, do you think, do you think it does? Do you think one straw? I mean, obviously it's like your one straw, but how many straws would you consume in a lifetime versus using a metal or a plastic straw? I use a metal straw every day. Um, so just my one metal straw is 365 straws that I would be using throughout the year. Hmm. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I could use one every day. Yeah. And they're, they're definitely, um, not the easiest to clean, but they all come with a little brush that fits right in there uh, and allows you to clean it. So I, I normally gather them for the week and do it all at one time. That's see, that's always been my thing about the, the straws that you travel with, even the water bottles that you travel with is the amount of gunk we'll say <laughs> Jane's face. Mildew. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, if you're not properly cleaning something, yeah. okay, you've, you've made a less of an impact on the environment, but now you have botulism. Um, <laughs> that was a jump, <laughs> but that's, I think that's the way a lot of people might think not that they're going to get sick from using that, but is what I'm going to do a big enough impact where I'm going to sacrifice maybe convenience or, you know, the ability to clean it wherever I am on the go and things like that. I think that's what on an individual level, people are wondering if the, the risk and the, not the risk and reward, but if the payoff is worth the sacrifice. I would also say that I don't know if it's necessarily peer pressure, but kind of the direction the society is going in and you show up to a restaurant and they don't even give you straws anymore. Mm -hmm. um, And then just um, off the straw topic, the store, the town that I do grocery shopping in just recently banned plastic bags. So they charge a five cent fee for use of a paper bag. Um, But if you bring your own reusable bags, it's, it costs nothing to you. So it's not necessarily peer pressure from people that you surround yourself with every day, but it's it's really like the direction society is going and where we're kind of being forced to go. That's a good point. It's less about personal choice now and more corporate choice, really, or yeah. state choice. Because I think, you know, that's really the next level of our conversation is we as individuals, I think people have always been trying to do their part, people who care about it, people may, maybe who aren't peer pressured enough into doing it. So now there is a, there's legal action being taken place, like in certain cities or even states, I think, is it Vermont and Maine? And I think Washington might be on the list. Bags aren't allowed. It's just not part of their, like they're putting laws in place to prevent this in hopes to reduce their impact um, versus it being a personal choice anymore. Yeah, well, I remember, um, and I'm going to probably date myself a little bit, but, you know, as a young girl growing up, we didn't have plastic bags. You could pay for paper bags, or my mom brought her own canvas bags back then. Um, And if we did get paper bags, you used them on your textbooks, Mm -hmm. right, to cover your textbooks at school. Or you you used them for something else. You used them in your fireplace or or whatever else. Um, You could even bring those paper bags back to the store and recycle them there and reuse them. Uh, so it's really funny, you know, you know, watching the, the way the times have changed. Whereas, you know, when I was a little girl, there was no plastic bags and now there's all plastic bags everywhere. Right. Uh, so just kind of interesting things. And as well as there was cloth diapers, now there's disposable diapers, you know, so we really have turned into a society of convenience, um, which is not, it's not a bad thing, but I think we just kind of, I think now we're a society of wanting to go back right? To the way it used to be so that we can really sustain our globe. 
Right. I think you bring up a good point, Jane, because you go back to when we actually did have actual textbooks that we needed to use. Now we use all technology. So we're actually missing out on a big piece of recycling when it comes to reusing those paper bags that we don't have the opportunity to do anymore because we have the technology to use instead. We're no longer covering our textbooks with paper. That's interesting. Right. The opportunities to reuse are becoming more and more limited as technology becomes more prevalent. Um, uh, switching gears a little bit on the, on the corporate responsibility. So I read an interesting stat, uh, that said, you know, on the, the line of what can our individual actions do in the greater impact of the world and sustainability, um, a recent report actually found that just 100 companies, uh, were responsible for 71% of the global emissions since 1988, um, which is Really interesting is we are like, I'm not going to use straws anymore <laughs> um, when just a hundred companies are really responsible for such an output. And I, another study said that uh, United States companies are responsible for 70 or 7% of the electricity usage throughout the entire country, which rapidly grows every day with things like server rooms and just the sheer size of corporations that are in the country alone. Um, which really starts to make us evaluate, you know, what we're doing as a company, um, in connect at connection. Cause we're here in New England, but we're also in South Dakota. We're in Ohio. We're in Maryland. We're in Florida and we have people all over the country. Um, it's starting to look at what companies like ours and what our partners are doing, um, from a sustainability point of view. If companies just 100 have the, the ability to, you know, output 71% of our global emissions. I imagine on every scale when it comes to energy consumption, they're a huge play. So Jane, I know that um, obviously sustainability is a huge uh, part of really your life and how you live. Um, But what are some of the things that Connection's doing around sustainability just to reduce our impact overall? Yeah, I mean, I think I can uh, tell uh, tell you just a handful of things or a couple of things. I mean, one of the things that we do is we actually sponsor trail maintenance. Uh, so the Monadnock Sunapee Greenway Trail is actually sponsored by Connection. Oh, wow. So that means, you know, cleaning it, maintaining it, et cetera. Um, another fun fact, uh, we just replaced all of our lights within our corporate headquarters to LED lights. So it emits less energy. It's more efficient. Um, and it's a little bit brighter. It's kind of nice. I was going to say, I can see yeah. everyone more clearly now <laughs> than I used to be able to. Exactly. It's much better on the eyes. Too. And then I think my favorite fun fact about Connection and uh, recycling is that, you know, we have a very large... Uh, building here at our headquarters and we actually will recycle our rainwater that comes off the roof and we water and fertilize the grass that are on that's in the common area um, at connection so i thought it was kind of fun that is kind of fun now this is going to be ignorant because i also work for this company (laughs) um but we use also a sprinkler system or is that all the water that's run through and comes out of the irrigation system. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's all the water, so I'm not the expert on that. Um, So I don't know how much of that is recycled rainwater versus, you know, the town water. Um, But, you know, we do have um, in in Merrimack, uh, where we are in New Hampshire, it is, you know, an odd or even day uh, if you want to water your yard or your grounds. Uh, so we, we adhere to that. And so I'm pretty, I'm not sure what the portion is. It probably depends on how much it rains. Yeah. Oh, but, that's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> but so I know it's probably a portion of, of rainwater and town water. 
Oh, that's really cool. Um, and I know that we're taking steps constantly to try to bring in new initiatives and things like that. And you guys as a team have really been focused on that because uh, the partner that you all represent, HP, um, side note, I do too. Um, <laughs> um, but HP is a partner that uh, quite honestly, as we were doing research around this and you, you know, you go to Google and you type in most sustainable companies, you know, tech companies, uh, HP makes every single list. Um, and sustainability has been part of their mission for quite some time, well before I think it was a fad. Um, if I remember correctly, you know, when the company was founded, it was part of their values and their mission was to make sure that as they grew this big tech company, that they always had sustainability really at the core of their message. So what are some of the things that HP is doing both? Because we they have a huge print business. It's what they really are mostly known for, we're first known for, and printing uses paper, it uses toner, uh, that toner has to be in a cartridge. And so sustainability is not the first thing you think of when you think of printing. So what are some of the things that HP Print is doing that puts them on this list of one of the most sustainable tech companies? Yeah, so um, just from an HP standpoint, we're cre they're creating more energy efficient products across the board. So whether that's print hardware or any of the personal systems, um, as well as the supplies in general, which is the ink and toner. Um, they're also creating a lot more recycled paper to put in their printers, which is actually better for the printer. And then recycled uh, ink cartridges and toner cartridges. In fact, um, the ink and toner car cartridges, 30% of them are used from recycled plastic. So looking specifically at the supplies side of the house, like Katie, you said that they're using recycled material to build their cartridges, but how are they kind of closing that loop and making sure that they can use, like, are they using random plastic? Or are they using plastic from their toners and cartridges that exist? How's that work? So it's a combination of a, a couple different uh, places where they can get their plastics. Uh, the biggest one that they support is um, shipping is customers shipping back their supplies. So um, the business class supplies come with a shipping label. So customers are able to pack it up, whether it's one box or uh, a full pallet, they're able to ship back to HP for recycling. So I think that's really interesting. It's something different that most print companies aren't doing. Right, right. And how easy, right? And I'm not even sure if that's something a lot of people even realized. I didn't know until this summer. Um, so it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. To be able to just open up your toner, put a new one in, slap a label on it and mm -hmm. ship it back. And I, my understanding is they've been doing that for years, um, and a way to close their loop. Now, what about the rest of the stuff that doesn't come back? How do they, you know, where are they getting that kind of material and plastic from? They're actually getting it from ocean-bound plastics. So in uh, countries that don't necessarily have the recycling infrastructure that we have here in the U.S., a lot of the plastic ends up in the water, and it specifically the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, and HP will gather the plastics um, off the coast of Haiti and utilize that for their products which is awesome because now they're also creating um, jobs for people in Haiti. Uh, they're able to make the or make the, the cartridges there um, as well as doing something good for the environment. You know, it, I'm going to have like an aha moment here with you about 
plastic straws and water bottles. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the I think that's the disconnect when you look at America and Americans and even, you know, in Europe, most of the places in any developed country is we don't see it. We don't see the trash. We have landfills. We have someone stop at our house and pick up our recycling that we put in a big blue or green bin. Um, and I think the extent of seeing straws and plastic and its, you know, uh, environmental impact is us going to the beach up on the coast and going, oh my God, somebody didn't throw away their cup. And like, that's our littering is our view of an environmental impact. But countries like Haiti, they don't have the infrastructure that we have. Um, and so all of the trash that we, you know, spread around along with everybody else's trash is making its way onto their shores. And they're the one left to clean up our entire mess. And we don't ever have to see it ever. Um, and so I was, when I was doing some research about, you know, what HP was doing, uh, like you said, they're, they're helping, they're using, um, Haitians and the infrastructure in Haiti to help people basically build a supply chain in another country that's employing them, that's cleaning up the plastic and it's kind of bringing it full circle. Not to say like, I won't ever use a plastic straw again. Um, but I think I like, I don't think people realize that, right? Like we're so spoiled in some ways, just with our, the sheer infrastructure at our, you know, behind us every single day that we don't think about what's happening at other, in other countries as a result of our garbage. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people don't realize about the plastic straws is that they're so small and they're so lightweight that most of the U.S. Uh, recycling plants can't filter them out. So um, we now have single stream recycling for in most locations. And so you can throw in cans, um, glass bottles, uh, or plastic bottles all into the same container with cardboard, everything. And when it goes to um, the, the landfill or the recycling station, um, they have ways based on the weight of the material to sort it out by what it is. And plastic water bottles or plastic straws, I should say, are too light and too small for those machines to actually sort them out. So they still end up um, in waterways or in landfills or something like that. Oh, I had no idea. Me either. That's why I'm so anti-straw. I guess. <laughs> you won't see me judging you when you take out your plastic, your metal straw. That's for sure. I think the one thing like, you know, about the plastic straws and if you go to a place like Starbucks, right, they don't have any straws left at Starbucks. They mm -hmm. have a new cover that's like a sippy cup. Yep. But the cup is plastic. So I, you know, if you go to other places, like in Europe, I was in Italy a couple of years ago and not everywhere, but there are some places that if you don't bring your own cup, you don't get a coffee. And if they're going to serve you a coffee, it's in a glass mug. Like there's no paper. So I love the whole straw idea. Now, how do we get rid of the plastic cup? So I think that um, where like my brain is like, I think like you called out Starbucks and how they got rid of the plastic straws for the most part. Um, they're reusable cups um, and a, a I hope more companies do this, but their reusable cups are about $3. And then every time you use it, you get 10 cents off of your drink. Now, uh, it's not as convenient if you're going through the drive-thru or you're mobile ordering, but if you are going through the drive-thru, you can still use it. So, I mean, why not? Just buy a $3 cup and then, or bring your own and that way you have your own cup and um, 
something more to clean, but it won't end up in a landfill. In a landfill. Right. Or in the ocean. Or in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, Jane, you said it, we value convenience yeah, over absolutely. anything else. But if there were certain regulations put in place and I, I never kind of got the Starbucks straw thing because of that. Like you're now, but Michelle makes a good point. Yeah. If it can't be weighed and it can't be seen, yeah. but this plastic top can be, then at least it's being sorted yes. and it's right. moved around appropriately. I do think that the plastic straw of today is the can, the plastic can holders of the nineties. Um, yes. So, you know, the plastic can the holders. Six pack the six can pack holders. Oh. <laughs> There's going to be a whole generation that doesn't know what those are. <laughs> they, still, they still exist, but I think yeah, they're a little more, like if you go to Trader Joe's, they're they're more solid. So they don't just have that ring. And so the, the they used to say those would get caught on an yes. animal and then yeah. they would grow into it or it'd be around its beak or whatever. And now they're saying the same thing about straws. Yeah. And so, I mean, we used to have to cut those before we yes. put them in the garbage. Right. You'd have to cut the plastic. I would cut every hole on them, like, because I was probably, like, seven or eight when I rat, when I found out about it on, like, Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel or something. And I literally cut every single hole because I was like, I don't I don't know what's too small. <laughs> like, what, at, at what point is it is it too small for an animal to get caught on it? Oh, that's a that's actually a really good comparison because yeah. I, I I almost now that I think about it, I bought a six pack of like bottles mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weekends ago. And it was on that because there's no way that you can hold six bottles in a different way. But the the cans have now had that like hard plastic yeah. top on it. Yeah. Um, but didn't even like seamless. It's not like I miss them. Like, oh, I right. can't carry around my six pack anymore. Um, I'm sure. But <laughs> I'm sure there was a ton of people at that point that were like. Don't get rid of my six pack holder. What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's an interesting comparison. I never yeah. even thought of it that way. Well, there's some that still actually come in the cardboard holder, which is probably easier to recycle than the plastic. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, another, I, I know uh, HP is really interesting when it comes to sustainability. And I, I, a lot of people think that, oh, if I'm going to be more sustainable, it's going to cost me more. I have to redo my lighting. I have to start manufacturing things in a different way. I have to, and all of that ultimately is going to cost me before it makes me money. And that's what all tech companies are looking to do. But I was really, really interested when I read that HP sustainability initiatives um, have actually had positive effects on their profitability. Uh, so their sustainable impact programs drove more than $972 million of new revenue in HP um, back in 2018, which was a 35% year-over-year increase. Um, so HP being able to, one, be one of the most sustainable companies, but to also be profitable um, in their sustainability message, I think goes a long way. And I heard recently about a new PC product that they had coming out um, that was the HP loves to be the world's first (laughs) and world's most. Um, But tell me about this new product because I think um, it's really one of the first PCs to have a really hard and fast sustainability message wrapped around it. So it's called the HP Dragonfly and it's part of their elite line, um, which most secure, all that. Um, but what's really interesting about it is it's made out of, again, the ocean-bound plastics. Um, so the the speaker box is made out of the ocean-bound plastics. Um, but it's also made out of magnesium. 
So um, all the other elite products are, or at least the notebooks are all made out of um, a single block of milled aluminum, which some people, I mean, I, I know what that means, but I'm also a super tech nerd. Um, but yeah, they're all made out of a single block of aluminum. Uh, so in order for them to make dragonfly at under a kilogram, um, they found magnesium is stronger than aluminum, can be smaller, uh, and is actually more sustainable than aluminum. So um, while aluminum can be recycled, um, so can the magnesium in it, which is awesome. So all of the, tell us like aluminum, I'm thinking an aluminum can. Mm-hmm. And same sort of environmental impact as a can of soda. So now they're using magnesium and that's lighter and can be reused. Yeah. So uh, even the the current Elite Book line, um, they can all be recycled as well. So just like a can of aluminum can be recycled. Um, so can the magnesium. So it also, uh, I don't know too much detail on it. So I don't want to go too in the weeds. Um, but yeah, magnesium is more sustainable than most of the other uh, computer manufactured products out there. So, you know, where would you guys rate um, personally, where would you guys rate, you know, HP's sustainability efforts against some of the other partners you've worked with in the past? I'd rate them as number one. I mean, for everything that they're doing, um, that they've been doing, right? So it's like other companies are trying to catch up with them with everything that they've been doing. So I would rate them as number one. Yeah, I would say the same. I think um, HP is definitely the one of the more innovative partners that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. So um, to see them being innovative in the sustainability space, it's really unique um, and it, it's just a good go to market. I would agree. Uh, I definitely think it's number one. Uh, when you look at their their printers and how they're they're using those consumables and making them sustainable as well, uh, and their their notebooks and uh, desktops and everything, um, it's really refreshing to see a tech company of that magnitude um, being that sustainable. I think the other interesting thing about what they're doing is they're taking this sustainability message and wrapping it into their marketing and how they're dealing with partners and dealing with customers. It's not just a um, overarching like value mission that we care about this. They're actually putting it into practice throughout their entire chain of business. So what can um, our customers start to expect to see maybe from Connection um, to help relay that HP message? Um, I think when you look at buying a personal system, for example, when you're looking at the, the pros and cons, you can put two computers next to each other and they look exactly the same. But what may set HP apart or over the edge is really that they're trying to, when they're building their products, they're trying to increase the air quality. They're trying to find things that aren't bad for the environment and um, reduce the waste overall. So I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at two different products and you want to find the better one, even though they look exactly the same, you may find that HP is the one, the way to go because it's something that's going to help you. It's going to help the environment overall. And just like replacing plastic straws in your cups by purchasing, you know, maybe choosing that uh, manufacturer that has that built into their mission and part of their product manufacturing, 
that then extends to a company that's also trying to do the same thing. So just like people are purchasing, you know, making sure that the food they buy is sustainable and the paper goods they buy are sustainable, they can now start doing that with their actual technology equipment, which is something I don't think really people thought would be possible at any point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, they, when they're innovative and they reinvent and uh, they're reinventing all the time. <laughs> the other thing that I find really, really interesting is that the um, the life cycle on these devices is pretty long. Um, I mean, you want to have your employees have a computer for at least three years, especially if they're on a device as a service contract. Uh, you, you can get that kind of refresh. Always make sure you have the most sustainable products. Um, but the the battery life is guaranteed for a thousand cycles. So that's from fully charged all the way to fully dead and back. Uh, and that'll last, usually it'll last a user a little bit longer than three years. So they don't, they won't have issues with that battery dying too early. So they'll have to replace the device. You can hold on to it a little bit longer. So if you are a company out there that is actively trying to build your corporate responsibility and sustainability message, contact our team here at Connection, our HP team, to learn how HP's technology products from PCs all the way to supplies um, can help reinforce that message. Contact your account manager. Find us at www.connection.com. And if you listened and wondered how you might get one of those recycling labels inside the box, if you can't find it, um, visit hp.com slash recycle and we can get you a sticky little label to send back your supplies. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.